Christ? Nothing. 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 We declare you, Jesus, as King. We declare you, Jesus, as Lord. You're the Lord of our lives. You're the Lord and King of kings. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But you will never pass away. You'll never pass away. Your name's faithful and true. Your word tells us in Timothy, even if I was to be unfaithful, you remain faithful because you cannot go against what you are. He is faithful, church. He is faithful, family. He is faithful, David. He can't go against what he is. No one can say that God is unfaithful. No one will ever be able to stand before him and say that he was unfaithful. We've thought it, but that was a lie. We've thought lots of things that weren't true. Jesus is faithful. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Wherever you go, I will be with you. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. So if I was to go to the heights of the heavens or to the depths of Sheol, you were there. You cannot escape him. He is unescapable. His presence is powerful. He is powerful. We, don't, we are just, just feeling the fringes of his presence. And it's powerful. Don't be afraid of him. Run towards him. Run towards him. Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the lover of my soul. Ain't that something? I was at a wedding recently, and to see the beauty of this wedding was just awesome. Two people who love the Lord, who have dedicated their lives to the Lord, and to see that union, to see that love, and then to think. We are his bride, and he's coming. And to see the beauty of that, to see his bride, we're going to be a part of that wedding and the honeymoon and the excitement of the future. Isn't that amazing? That's a joyful hope. That is the truth. He's not coming for a mess. There is no mess. He's coming from a, for a spotless bride, and that's not a finger slamming that you need to get clean. That's a fact of that's who his bride is. A beautiful bride in white, pure and holy and righteous. Whatever you think about that, that's the facts. That's the truth. You say, how can that be? Because his blood. Not because anything you've done or me. 
I can try with all my efforts to be good enough, and it'll never be enough. That's religion. Relationship is trusting in what he has done and believing it. I just want to encourage you today. We serve a good God. He is faithful, church. He is faithful. He knows right where you're at. He's not surprised. He is not shaking in his boots going, I don't know what to do with this. You know, that's, that's our spot. I don't know what to do with this. This is a new one. Well, praise the Lord. It's not new to him. He knows the beginning from the end. There is no secrets in him. There's no shifting shadows. He's not moving the line here and there. We're trying to, trying to figure out where is he at? What is he up to now? He said, I'm with you. We don't have to go looking for him. He's here. Even when we don't feel him, he's here. Even when I cry, Lord, where are you at? Are you watching? Yes, I'm here, son. Be still. Be still and know I'm your God. Be still, know I'm faithful. I'm not caught off guard. <laughs> he sees more than we know. Even the stuff we don't want him to, he sees it. But look how beautiful it is. He still comes and calls us. Knowing every blemish. Knowing every... I'm aware they're standing, and so are they. <laughs> knowing every single thing that's going on in our lives. Knowing our past. He still calls us. He still loves on us. You'll never get him to stop loving you. Men will fail you. Women will fail you. Family will fail you. You will never question, does he love me? He proved it 2,000 years ago. Took your sin and shame and my sin and shame and didn't just say, I love you. He proved it. He modeled it. While we were yet sinners, he laid down his life for us. Not just words. A beautiful agape love. I've recently been encouraged by agape love. You could be seated if you'd like. I've been encouraged by agape love. This is not my message, so just bear with me. I used to really struggle with it, trying to, and begging God to teach me how to love him correctly. And there's nothing wrong with that. But seeing his measurement of love and his love towards me and knowing I cannot do that. Has anyone ever thought about that? Like, he knows that, that we as human beings are failures. <laughs> we mess up a lot. And I've prayed like, Lord, my love is so not right. Like, it... It depends on if you've been good to me. It's easy, right? Jesus talked about the tax collectors. He said even publicans love when they've been loved. Whoop-de-doo, right? 
So our love is conditional, but God's love is unconditional. He has this agape love thing, and it just trips me out. Like, I can't do that. He knows that. Let me help you. Let me encourage you. Like, he knows that. He just asks you to love him. Like, he doesn't expect us to be perfect like he is. He expects us to love him. Like, I would never agape love probably anybody to lay down my child's life for your mess-ups, knowing you're going to keep screwing up. I don't, and I don't know anyone who would. There's one. God, he's got this love. It's the most amazing love. We, we can't, there's nothing to compare it to. There's a limit in every human being. There's limits. There's no limit to that love. No matter what, I love you. I love you. I love you. Doesn't mean he condones everything we do. But he loves us through it. He loves us in it. He loves us. Be encouraged by his love today. I'm not saying not to try to grow your love. It grows. Does love grow? Yes. But when you look at that model, and, and I just mess it with me. I'm like, ah, I'm failing. I don't love you right. It's like, just, just love me. Quit, quit tripping. That's how he talks to me. Quit tripping. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 9. The title of the message is, Who's on Your Guest List? We won't be bouncing around. This is probably the, this is probably the most least bouncing around uh, message I've ever preached. Usually there's lots of other scriptures to go. We're staying on just four or five scriptures. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. This is a parable, or not a parable, this is a story that, that's told in three of the Gospels. And uh, there's, why I chose Matthew's Gospel is because there's a, a reference to Hosea chapter 6 that's only in Matthew. And next week we're going to look at that. Um, it'll be a two-parter. So, uh, praise the Lord, I won't try to cram it all into one today. <laughs> Everyone, you can take a deep breath and exhale. Um, we should we should be able to make it to um, oh what's the barbecue place over there before the rest of the Christians get there <laughs> Dickies you should be able to get to Dickies before the rest and still get some ice cream so opening up in Matthew chapter nine verse nine it says as Jesus was walking along he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth follow me and be my disciple Jesus said to him so Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Father, we thank you for your word. It is totally alive and active. And Lord, I just pray that you prepare the hearts of your hearers. Prepare my heart to hear the words that you are speaking through me. I pray that your word lands on excellent soil. Pray that we apply your word today in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. Who's on your guest list? So in my studying of this passage, um, I, I like history. So I'm looking at historical stuff and looking at the rabbis and the uh, Pharisees and tax collectors. And um, some of this may be a little new to you. Some of it isn't. But who could agree today that um, we don't like taxes? Amen. Amen. That was weak. <laughs> We're in California, aren't we? Am I in California? <laughs> I thought I was in California. <laughs> right? Yeah. So who doesn't like taxes? Amen. Amen. Okay. Don't worry. We're not going political. <laughs> this isn't a political message. But I'm just drawing the conclusion of that tax collectors in Jesus' time are not liked. Tax collectors today are not liked. I'm not inviting the tax collector over to my house for dinner tonight. <laughs> They're not on my guest list. <laughs> Maybe they will be. <laughs> Maybe they need to be. <laughs> Just saying. So in that culture, tax collectors are not liked. They're not liked much today. But uh, in Jesus' day, he's uh, traveling. He's by the Sea of Capernaum, and, and he sees this man, Matthew. And that really stood out to me in my studies, that he sees Matthew. Like, most people are trying to avoid Matthew. Fair? Every person traveling into Capernaum, and he's at like the four-way stop, right? I mean, there's four roads coming in. There's the seaport there. Ain't too many people getting by Matthew. But you're not like really wanting to make eye contact with Matthew, right? You're kind of like, have you ever been going to, I mean, I know this has never happened to anyone else, but to me, maybe, and you go to the grocery store or something, and you're like, I'm going to go down this aisle. <laughs> I just, I don't know that I want to deal with, you know. I know that it's horrible, and no one else has ever been there. <laughs> just saying, I mean, most people at that time were probably that way with Matthew. And Jesus sees Matthew, and then does something that's just Radical. Jesus, leave it to Jesus, right? Do things that are just radical. Yeah. Leave it to Jesus just to mess up, yeah. right? I mean, in, in the Pharisees, in the religious world, Jesus was always messing up. Yeah. I mean, he just messed up all the time. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't do nothing right to the religious people. And here goes Jesus again. He's going about his business, sees Matthew. He ought to know better. You don't talk to tax collectors. You don't associate with tax collectors. You sure as heck don't call a tax collector. Yeah, you don't email him. Don't Facebook friend him. Don't nothing. I mean, this is pretty clear. But Jesus sees him. He saw, I mean, if you're taking notes, the first, first note, we only got three main points. I'm keeping it a traditional three-point message. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, there's, there's actually really more. I just said there's three. <laughs> Let's make you feel better. <laughs> Jesus sees more than a tax collector. Point number one, Jesus sees more than a tax collector. The Pharisees saw the tax collectors as enemies of God. Let me share something with you. The tax collector, and especially Matthew. Matthew in the other Gospels is called Levi. Matthew was a Levite. He was, he was of the tribe of Levi who were uh, priests. And they were used for 
worship. They were used for uh, in incrementing all the different uh, services and things that had to be done in the temple. And they were, of, of all the tribes, they were like the set-apart tribe. So it really, 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 really irritated Pharisees that Matthew, being a Levite, was a tax collector. Um, one of the other things that was really important to notice is that Rome and the Jewish people were not on good terms. Amen. Fair statement? The Jews hated the Romans. The Romans were not kind to the Jews. This was a whole system that Matthew, a Jew, is not only submitting to, but he's representing it. And he is in allegiance with it. That's basically the viewpoint of that, that he's a traitor. Okay? He is collecting taxes for Rome to grow the Roman Empire. That's not God's plan to the Pharisees, right? So they hate him with a, a, I mean, they loathe Matthew. He is a traitor. Tax collectors made their income by taxing above and beyond what Rome required. So for everything that came through that port, Rome said for, if a guy is a fisherman, I want this and such, such, such percentage of fish. If they're bringing export or anything into this area, we want this amount of it. So everything's getting taxed. So the Rome, they, told, they tell the tax collectors, your salary is basically whatever you get above and beyond what we want. It's up to you. That's interesting. Can you see why they weren't very liked? Do you think human nature was like, oh, I don't need much? Amen. You think things have changed much? Amen. No. So Matthew was very wealthy, <laughs> which means Matthew's not well liked. Matthew has the whole backing of the Roman Empire to help him get what he wants. He could say, okay, Rome wants 20%, I'm taking 30. You got a problem with that? Here's all the Roman soldiers. There's, there's streets with crucified people down them. I mean, uh, no, sir, we don't have a problem with that. He's not liked. And most of us know that. But the Jews hated the tax collector so much that if a Jew was a tax collector, they're no longer a Jew. A, a father would not let his daughter marry a tax collector. They were, saw, they were seen as lawless. They don't follow the law. They are not Jews any longer. And I know I'm painting a picture, but I want you to get this. They literally saw the, the tax collectors as enemies of God. They're an enemy of God. So Jesus sees that and does something that's just incredible. Jesus sees more than just tax collector. He sees Matthew's heart. He sees Matthew's zeal. Matthew was zealous. He saw Matthew's potential. Everyone else seen the tax collector scumbag that we hate. Jesus seen all those things. When Jesus called Matthew, he did something that's very radical. He took Matthew in a status that was despised, hated, rejected, and to someone accepted. And that was a word that really stood out in my preparations of accepted. So you have to understand that Jesus, well, Matthew's background, well, I'm going to get ahead of myself. He's accepted. Next point. Point two, man in flesh cannot 
see what God slash spirit sees. Man slash flesh cannot see what God slash spirit sees. Matthew was a Levite, passed over by man. You got to understand this accepted thing. All Jewish boys and, and girls were taught. They'd go to synagogue and they would call as, as they would learn to recite, learn to memorize. They would quote and recite scripture. They'd memorize the first five books of the Bible. It's powerful. And they would, the, the, there was a term called the chirping of the birds. It was all these kids reciting scripture. You go by a synagogue, you'd hear it. They're teaching all the time. So it wasn't that Matthew wasn't educated, but Matthew had been raised up. He was a Levite. He was taught, sat under a rabbi, and then he was not chosen. Okay, he, wasn't, he wasn't called by the rabbi. He was teaching him, hey, follow me, which, met a com- which made a commitment to that rabbi's teachings and thought process on, on just in, uh, explaining and interpreting all the different Jewish laws and, and uh, codes. So you're making a, a tie with that rabbi saying, I'm with you. I believe you. Like, I'm following you. That follow me was, was a very, it was an honor. Only the best and the brightest, the, the, the well-educated, those who were able to catch it fast and, and learn. So Matthew had been passed over. Jesus, just remember, Jesus is a rabbi. They taught, say, Rabboni, teacher. Even the Pharisees would come and say, teacher. Jesus had followers. He called, the, he called fishermen, follow me. Jesus' followers were a lot different than most of the rabbi's followers. Amen. They were way different. They were the rejected ones. You know, they were, the, they were the rejects. They were the ones that the rabbis didn't want. They weren't maybe the most educated. They weren't the quickest learner. They might have had some issues. Amen. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> issues. <laughs> it's a good word this, these days. So Matthew hears a rabbi say, follow me. And in that culture, he knew exactly what that meant. Matthew dropped everything. He stood up, left everything. He, he has a chance now. Matthew has a chance now at a whole new way of life. Imagine going from the, the bottom to all of a sudden now. And Jesus was, he was the new man on the scene, right? The man with the plan. He's healing people. People getting healed. And follow me. Whoa. That's some radical stuff. Now, mind you, he, he has to let go of a lot. And he does it very quickly. He lets go. I'm out. Now, I'm, we're going to go back to that in a little while and understand what he did. Jesus saw something in Matthew that the flesh and anything else couldn't see. He saw Matthew's gratefulness of the calling. I don't think there was anybody that Jesus called, of any of the disciples that were more, probably more grateful than Matthew. Can you imagine? You're the scum of the earth. You're the lowest. I mean, there, no one's, you are on nobody's guest list. Ever. And there's no hope of you ever going to be on a guest list. And the King of Kings walks by. Follow me. 
Follow me. Jesus saw his gratefulness and his calling. Matthew instantly seized an opportunity to introduce his friends to Jesus. Something else Jesus was kind of keen on. He said, you know, he's thinking, those who've been forgiven much, love much. You know, Jesus was counting on Matthew and seeing Matthew's circumstances and going, there's no way. No one has been able to reach the tax collectors. No one's been able to reach the, the down and outers. No one's been able to reach the scum, which they were called. You know why? Because the religious people of the day were doing this with a list of rules. Here's the list of rules. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And no one could live up to that. They couldn't even. You got to do it this way. This is how it's got to be. What did Jesus do? Jesus forgave then gave him hope for a new future. That's what Jesus did. Jesus was surrounded all the time by the lowlifes. Those are the people that followed him. The Pharisees were following him, but they were always throwing rocks. Amen. Trying to trip him up. But Jesus was always found with the down and outers, with the Matthews, with the tax collectors. There was prostitutes that hung out with Jesus. He didn't say, oh my gosh, you're unclean. Go, get away from me. You're going to defile me. Jesus loved Matthew, saw Matthew, saw all, all the obvious stuff and then seen past it. He saw in the spiritual. He saw his abilities, his talents, his giftings. And he does that with us. Matthew sees an opportunity. Matthew instantly left and then told all of his other friends who were tax collectors and the lawless ones who were considered scum, hey, I'm throwing a party. When you read the other Gospels, it doesn't say he had them over for dinner. It says he threw a banquet. Okay, he threw a party. Matthew's got bucks. Matthew's got a big place. And he filled it with a bunch of scum. <laughs> other people that had a lot of money, tax collectors, I mean, they're their own little clique. Like, they don't have any other clique. You understand? Like, like it's it. They're in their circle, and there's no help for anyone else. There's no one ever going to reach them. So God calls Matthew. Matthew throws the party, and Matthew instantly, this is the beautiful thing, and I watched this, I've seen this, and I did this. When you've been taken from a place that the Lord pulls you from the pit of no hope, and it's dark, and there's no other way that anyone's ever going to reach you, and he pulls you from that, you go to those others in that spot, and you go, you got to meet this guy. Like, I'm throwing, like, dude, you got to meet Jesus. Check him out. That's what Matthew did. Matthew threw this party, he's like, look, all of them were on his guest list. They were on Matthew's guest list. They were on no one else's guest list. You think Jesus knew that? You think, you think they were on his guest list? You're darn right. He sat with them. He ate with them. And that was a big no-no. Like, did you hear what the Pharisees told Jesus? They didn't, actually, they didn't ask Jesus. They didn't have the nerve to ask Jesus. They asked his followers. They asked his disciples. They said, why does your teacher, not our teacher, like our teacher ain't going to sit with these people. Our teacher would never eat with these people. Why does your teacher eat with such scum? 
what does Jesus do? Jesus don't even let the disciples answer. He goes, I got this, guys. I got this one. Let me handle this question. He said, healthy people don't need a doctor. The sick people do. Amen. Isn't that wisdom? Like, maybe we should learn some of that. Like, I don't think the healthy people need to go to the doctor. Like, I don't know no one that makes appointments when everything's perfectly well in your physical body. I just think I need to go make sure my leg's not broke. Well, is it hurt? Nope. Is, it, is there any loss of function? Nope. It does everything it's supposed to. I'm just going to get it checked out. Okay. That don't make no sense. That's the point Jesus is making, right? I love how Jesus says, I have come to call not those who think they're righteous. I came to call those who know they're sinners, and they need to repent. That's who he came. That's who he called. How many, like before, like before we were at that point, we thought we were righteous. I don't need Jesus. I'm good. I remember thinking that. I mean, even though I knew I wasn't, but I don't need him. I'm good. And then you realize, I am so not good. <laughs> I am so not good. Like, that's who Jesus came for. He came to seek and save that was which was lost. We need to be looking for those. Our third point. The Lord uses our gifts and skill sets and culture for his kingdom purpose. Amen. This is something that was so awesome with Matthew. Matthew had the skill set that came only from being a tax collector. There were some tools that only Matthew could be able to use for God's purposes and his plan and his kingdom that would have came no other way. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life I thought, there's no way. Like, my life, my, my, it was a mess. There's no good. I remember telling the Lord that. When I, when I got saved, Lord, if there's anything good in me, you can have it, but I don't think there is. I mean, there, there was a mess. How could you use any of that? Lord's like, oh, man, I got plans. Like, all those things that you thought were just wasted. And no, 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 no. I'm using all of that. Be encouraged, church. Be encouraged, family. Be encouraged, those who you may be on the fence today going, I don't know. He doesn't make mistakes. We make mistakes, but he's so good that he can bring good even out of that. He can use all those things, all those different, even, even a job or a career or that you thought it was, there's no possible, nothing good in that. Oh no, he can use that. Amen. He can take qualities. He, he, he sees things that you don't see. Yes. Man looks from here. Jesus is looking here. Amen. He sees past all that. Amen. So one of, some of the stuff that, that is awesome in Matthew is Matthew had to be committed. Jesus saw that. Jesus saw, here's a guy who is a man without a country. When he called the fishermen, it is totally different. When Jesus called the fishermen, we seen, you see that the first time Jesus calls uh, Peter and John, they go with him, and then you see in a whole other gospel, Jesus comes by again, they're fishing. And he has to go, hey, and he has to, really, he does a whole miracle. Okay, go, throw, go back out there, throw your nets on the, to show him like, hey, I, I really meant follow me. Here's this miracle. Oh, okay. They still had fishing to go back to. We see this because what happens when Jesus is killed? Where's Peter? 
Where's the boys? They're back fishing. Matthew does not have this option. Matthew is a man without a country. He's a man without a home. He, once, he, once, once Matthew picks up and leaves the tax collector's booth, he's done. No one's taken him back. There's no plan B. Amen. He is the hated of hated. He's a scoundrel, the scum. So Jesus saw that and was like, this guy comes and follows me, it's on. Amen. It's on. I like that. I mean, those are the kind of people we should be looking for, right? Like, that's why I, I, I tell the guys when I go to the jail, Jesus loves people like you. He loves people like me. He's like, because when we do something, we go all in. It's the truth. You go all in. It might be dumb. I'm going all in. Jesus is like, I can use that. Right? I'm serious. He is that way. So he takes that quality. You're stubborn. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. When, uh, there may be a little bit of stubbornness. But, but he can take those qualities, those things in us that we think they're not good. Oh, no. I can use that. I can use that. He might refine it. He, he will help you shake off some of the rust and, and knock off the sharp edges. But he's going to use that. Matthew had to be all in. There was no turning back. Matthew was a great record keeper. Think about this, a tax collector. This guy had to keep detailed records because it's, if it ain't, right? No, he, he's, he's got some skill sets in record keeping. He, the next part is he was a keen observer. Think about it. You got four roads coming in, taxes coming in. He's collecting taxes for the Roman Empire. He's a keen observer. He's seeing things that, not, that everyone else ain't seeing. I shared in the first service, like, people in law enforcement that I, I, I know um, Tracy probably when he goes out to places or goes to, it, he sees things a little differently than we do. He's looking at things a lot differently. Pastor Jay in, in his background, I, I shared in the first service that there's probably parts of the country and, and different areas in the woods that he goes through. And, and we're just like, Oh, isn't that pretty? Look at the trees. Oh my Lord. Look at those birds they're singing. And, and Pastor Jay would be like, oh, my Lord, this is not a good place to camp, Amen. right? This is high, high fire risk. There's no escape route. This is all bad. No. And there's people just blissfully, you know, just like your, your, your job and the things you do, you, you can see things differently. Even in like, I've had a lot of different jobs. And as a jeweler, I, no one looks at jewelry like I do. Amen. It's different. I see things that not a lot of people don't see. So the Lord has plans for us, and he saw some things in Matthew. Matthew was a great record keeper, a keen observer, keen observer, and a skilled communicator. Matthew had to be able to communicate with all the different cultures, all the different types of people that were coming through his booth. He had to make sure, like, hey, pay up, yeah. right? <laughs> However you need to say that in whatever language, but he had to be a skilled communicator, all right? Now, the Jews are not seeing that. That's any good coming from that, but Jesus does. Matthew had a ridiculous attention to detail. Matthew had a great attention to detail. Does everyone else have those same skill sets? No. There's certain, there's, there's certain skill sets you can only get by being in the positions that you've been in. They won't come any other way. And we, think, we may think that is the dumbest thing. And Jesus is like, I have chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Amen. Right? Amen. Like, 
That, like, we would not send people to training like training I got. Like, you would not do that. Like, that's, no one's on their plan like, this is what we'll do. No. But the Lord's like, I can use that, I can use that, I can use that, I can use that. And we're, in the, we're going, I don't see nothing good. He's like, oh man, I got this, 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 this. Amen. Now watch. I'm going to be closing. It's um, Rebecca. Yeah, my daughter. <laughs> That's your name. If you could come up and just start playing. I don't care. You could, whatever you'd like. Um, I got to be careful with that. I just gave her a big list. <laughs> God, God saw all these things in Matthew that no one else saw. He sees things in us that no one else sees. And Matthew was, was honored and called by God to chronicle the life of Christ. How do you think of that? Here is somebody who was despised, rejected, hated, loathed, man without a country. Jesus sees him collecting taxes and goes, I want that guy. He saw in the spirit all these different things, all these, these giftings that was in him. All these, Matthew was, his ship sailed. Once he became a taxer, there's no other option for that guy. And then Jesus comes by and calls him, says, hey, follow me. And Matthew knows what that means and was accepted, accepted. Now, I guarantee there was some wrestling out going forward in Matthew's life of having to, sh having to shake loose of the past, having to feel like the outsider. I mean, if anyone had to feel like the outsider in the group, it had to be Matthew. Of like, does he really love me? Did he really mean me? Like, I know John, I mean, shoot, he's the beloved. But I was a tax collector. Like, Matthew had to shake loose of some stuff. And I can promise you that he did because he was used to chronicle his, Christ's life. Amen. Think about that. All those skill sets, a trained observer, a skill set of dictation, a skill set of making notes, a, a crazy note taker that could have a probably shorthand ability to be able to take down records quickly and take really precise notes and be able to see things and see things in a different way that a lot of others didn't. Like all the things that would have disqualified him in man's eyes, qualified him in God's. Amen. Do not throw away your past. Do not think that it was useless. Do not think that it, there was nothing good coming from it because Matthew is one of the greatest encouragements I've probably read in a long time of, whoa, you used him to chronicle the life of Christ and we have it today. And how many people's lives, have, how many people have read what Matthew wrote Amen. and had their lives radically changed? God used him. He didn't have to. Traditional religion would have said, not him. That's the don't, uh-uh. He's defiled. I wouldn't even let my dog sit with him. And Jesus calls him. Wow. Next week, we're going to continue on and, and look at uh, some other aspects of this, but why don't you just bow your heads with me today? Father, I just want to just pray over our family here today. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would break off the lies of the enemy over your people, that you would really, really shake them free from the past, and myself included, Lord. Every lie, every, every accusation from the enemy that would say disqualified, Lord, I cancel that, 
and I speak through your authority and say qualified in the name of Jesus. Qualified. Accepted. You are an accepted people. You are accepted, not rejected. I cancel rejection in the name of Jesus. And I speak that this, this family would feel the acceptance of Christ. No one's disqualified. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I ask that you heal the past. Lord, where there's still open wounds, I pray that you would cause them to heal. I just see wounds just closing up right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Unforgiveness, flee in the name of Jesus. Break every assignment of unforgiveness in the name of Jesus. I proclaim liberty in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's anyone in the house today that, that you hear the Lord calling you. You know the Lord's been watching you. You know that he's been walking by your uh, tax collector booth <laughs> and he's calling your name. Today's the day of salvation. I believe very strongly that the Lord wants to save people today and set them free. There's no one that's disqualified. There, I believe there's someone here that the Lord's really been, he's been just almost begging. He's been hunting you down. Today's the day. You can be free. You can be free. You can be accepted. And, and cancel that for the rest of your life knowing that I'm accepted. Your past did not disqualify you. Your past is going to be one of your qualifiers for the future. You're going to reach people that no one else could reach, just like Matthew. If that's you, I just challenge you to come to the altar today. Jesus is here. He's calling. If there's anyone else that's just been struggling with, you're a believer, and you've just been struggling with feeling accepted, feeling qualified, feeling that your past is really free from you, feeling holy, then today's your day. I believe the Lord wants to deliver you. He wants to cancel the guilty verdict and speak not guilty, speak righteousness over you. If that's you, I challenge you and encourage you to come down to the altar today and let us pray with you. Lord, I just speak liberty over this house. Lord, I rebuke the lie that there's always tomorrow. Your word says we're not promised tomorrow. Lord, I just, Lord, thank you for liberty and freedom. Thank you for new life. <laughs> not just a name on our church, it's a fact. The new life that comes in you, the new life that Matthew experienced, the hope of the future, he ran to Jesus, left everything.